Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to The Warning Woods. Today's story is about a regular walker who notices something strange in the neighborhood. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it five stars and writing a review. It helps spread the podcast to more listeners. If you want more creepy content, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at The Warning Woods. I'm Miles Tridel, and this is The Walker. My neighborhood and the surrounding area is a quiet little place where nothing usually happens. It's one of the few places in town that actually gets quiet at night. There's no one up late playing loud music or working with power tools in the garage. It's a great area to walk around in the late evening just after the sun has kissed the horizon goodnight. It helps me wind down. There's always a cool breeze coming down from the hills during and after sunset. It gives the air a soothing quality and carries the smell of grass and pine. I'll usually listen to some peaceful instrumental music to complete the atmosphere. I guess you could call my nightly walks a form of meditation. But something happened recently that may have permanently tainted the peace I feel on those walks. I was following my normal route, so everything was familiar. Yet something seemed so wrong I actually stopped in my tracks to try to figure out what it was. The streetlights, though few and far between, were all lit and revealed nothing alarming. The moon shone bright in the cloudless sky. I paused my music to listen for anything unusual, but heard nothing. That was it. Nothing. I realized there was no sound coming from anywhere but my own breath. It was then I realized what I had been subconsciously missing. The breeze. Gone was its gentle brush on my skin. Gone were the smells of grass and pine. The missing feeling of tranquility was rudely replaced by the throb of anxious dread. I am a firm believer that people should listen to their instincts, a belief that was reaffirmed on the night I'm describing. I decided to listen to my gut, which was screaming at me to turn around and get home. I set my headphones around my neck to leave my ears free to catch any threatening noises and turned to go back to my house. I had only walked about a block when I caught movement in the corner of my eye. My heart rate skyrocketed as a rush of adrenaline coursed through me. I turned my head and prepared my body to run from whatever I'd seen. It was only another man walking. He was on the sidewalk opposite my side of the street. That side isn't lit as well, so I couldn't make out his features. I can only tell you he was dressed in dark clothes, and one of those old-timey newspaper delivery boy hats. The way he moved made me pause. In dull moonlight, I could see him taking small steps almost shuffling, like he was weak and frail. His back was hunched and stiff, and his entire upper body remained still as he moved forward. While that seemed odd enough, his speed was stranger still. We were walking the same direction, and with those tiny rigid steps, there was no way he would have caught up to me coming from behind. As I watched, I could clearly see that he was moving forward, unnaturally quickly. I called out to him, Nice night! but he paid me no mind. I thought he might be deaf. Staying on my side of the street, I decided to follow the man. I thought maybe he was just an old man enjoying an evening walk too, 
but the strangeness of everything was adding up in a way I couldn't ignore. On a night where everything else had apparently gone still, this solitary man was moving through the world, seemingly untied to the laws of nature. We approached a curve in the road. The man continued on a straight trajectory through. He shuffled off the sidewalk into someone's yard and continued walking toward their house. I stopped to watch. I wanted to see if he went inside, if it was his house, so I could feel better about seeing this strange man near my neighborhood. He followed his straight line, stepping into a flower bed and approaching the wall on the side of the house. At that moment, I realized something else that was off about the man. Like the rest of the world around me, he was silent. His feet didn't scuff on the cement, and as he stepped on the mulch and plants near the house, I didn't hear any of the crunching noises you would expect. He reached the wall outside the house and didn't appear to slow down at all. I was about to cry out for him to stop, worried he might be blind, but before I could even begin to make a sound, he stepped into the wall. Yes, his foot passed through it, followed quickly by his head and shoulders. In a blink, he was gone. I rubbed my eyes and squeezed them tightly shut for a moment to clear my vision. There was no way I had seen what I just saw. I opened them again and strained to see a door or anything the man could have disappeared into, but all I saw was the blank wall. My mind jumped to the next possible conclusion. I had imagined the man entirely. How else could I explain his strange speed and sudden disappearance? He didn't seem real, and the simplest conclusion was that he wasn't. But then I heard a scream. It was a chilling cry of terror, and it came from the house I'd seen the man disappear into. I ran toward the house, ignoring my fear and worrying only for whomever was inside. They must have seen him too. I got to the front door and could hear an elderly man's voice shouting and crying, Cheryl? Cheryl? Oh God, Cheryl. He sounded distressed. It was the voice of sudden grief. I knocked hard and announced who I was so the man wouldn't be afraid. I heard footsteps moving quickly in the house and a man with tears in his eyes opened the door. Help me, he said desperately before turning away and almost running toward the back of the house. I followed him into a bedroom where a woman, Cheryl, was lying on her bed. Her eyes and mouth were frozen in a grimace, and it was obvious from the moment I saw her, she was dead. I'll call the police, I offered as I ran out of the room. I wanted to be outside in case the strange man appeared again. I wanted to get ahead of him and warn the next house in his path. 911, what's your emergency? A professional voice asked me. Hello, there's been someone... Killed? Murdered? What was I going to tell the dispatcher? How could I describe what I'd seen to the police? Someone has died, I finally said. Maybe her husband could describe what happened to Cheryl, but I just provided their address and hung up. As I slid my phone back into my pocket, I saw him again. He emerged from the opposite side of the house he had entered from. He stood a little taller, straighter, and his steps seemed a little stronger. Fortunately, the curve of the road meant he would miss the next house if he continued moving straight, which he did. He walked through their backyard and headed toward the hills. I watched him until I heard the sirens approaching. By the time the street was glowing with red and blue lights, he was gone. You could call this story a warning, but I'm not really sure what good it will do you. I would tell you to lock your doors, but that won't do you any good. I guess you should just hold your loved ones tight whenever you can, and pray you don't find yourselves in the path of the walker.
You can support The Warning Woods by clicking the Anchor Support link in the description, or by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thewarningwoods. Of course, the best way to help is by writing a review and following this podcast in Apple Podcasts or subscribing on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.